I'm Jim Nichols, and this is the Life with Grace and Peace podcast. Thank you for choosing to spend a little bit of your week with me. This is a podcast where I share thoughts on life. Really, it's about the life abundant that Jesus offered his followers in John 10.10. Those followers would take the Jesus kingdom message wherever they went. And many of the letters we have include the phrase grace and peace, a greeting, certainly, but also more than that a way of living abundant. And so I'm looking for ways to live with grace and peace. And this podcast is a place to share a few of the ways in which I'm growing. So again, I'm thankful that you're joining me on this journey and I'm honored to spend these moments together. My prayer is that as we journey along together, we will sense the guiding presence of Holy Spirit as we all walk deeper into the life of grace and peace. Getting nervous and anxious is a really interesting phenomenon, if you think about it. I preached recently about fear, and I was researching how our bodies were created to respond to threats. Our pulses quicken, our blood pressure rises, our muscles tighten. We're being made ready to go into some kind of action. Even our breath is affected by the situations around us. Now, in the calm of my office, this is fascinating. But in other places, well, well, fascinating might not be the right word. During my college years, I commuted to school every day for classes. I'll never forget the nerves of driving up the hill to the commuter parking lot for my first day. I was excited and anxious and ready to begin this new season of life. I'll also never forget the first time I drove off campus in the middle of the day. I was used to the rigid rules of high school where you don't leave unless you're picked up or have a note. Driving down the hill, I kept waiting for someone to jump out and reprimand me for doing something wrong. You know, it's silly to think about it now, but the nerves as I drove down that hill, they were ridiculous. Was I doing something wrong? Would I get caught? Would I not measure up? Like I said, it's silly now. Since I didn't live on campus, I didn't have someone to show me the, the ropes, to tell me where to go and what to do. I just had to know that stuff. It wasn't until my second week that I found the commuters hangout and I was quickly taken in under their wing. I found a home in this strange place and with this group who, well, they became my people. And it was amazing how quickly my nerves just kind of disappeared. As I think through that memory, the idea of finding a home really really settles into my head and heart. In his book, Following Jesus, Henry Nouwen points to the story of John and Andrew, who hear the bold statement of their teacher, John the Baptizer. See, Jesus had come to the wilderness to be baptized by John, and as, as Jesus walks away, John says, There is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. It must have been a shocking statement for John and Andrew to hear from their teacher. This wild man dressed in camel's hair and had a really crazy diet suddenly pauses and makes a proclamation unlike any other he's made. John was known for shouting his message of repentance, but in this moment, did did John whisper his insight? Did his followers have to lean in to hear what was being said? Did John 
point Jesus out? Did he stand taller in the presence of Jesus, or, or did he slump down in all? In any case, John and Andrew take off like a shot. They want to see this man to be near him, and so they run after the lamb. They seem to instinctively know that the time to upgrade has come. I find myself laughing at stories like this. They just seem so comical to me. The movie renditions, well, they make it seem as if some high holy church scenario where Jesus is floating across the ground and the disciples come up so reverently. But the Gospels tell us Jesus turned around, saw them following, and said, What do you want? It's almost as if they're following kind of at a distance, trying to see what this lamb is going to do or where he is going. They're hiding or following at a distance must be pretty lame because, well, Jesus sees them and says what anyone would say if they were being followed. Of course, if that sounds a little sacrilegious, then Jesus certainly could have known they were there because, well, he's the son of God. But I I don't know. That just doesn't really seem to fit. Disciples come up to Jesus and they answer his question, Teacher, where do you live? Where are you going? Where is your home? This is not a question about who he is or what his mission is or some theological qualifier, but where do you live? Jesus says, come and see. And they do. They go with Jesus and they stay with him and they begin a new season where they actually dwell with this, their new teacher. Jesus didn't lead them to an altar moment. He doesn't tell them to ask, repent, confess, and receive. He invites them to be with him. John would later use the word abide, and Jesus invites them to abide with him. He invites them to be at home with him. He invites them to step out of the shadows, to stop following from a distance, and to step into the living room of Jesus's presence. Now one says, the image of God inviting us to his home is used throughout scripture. And in all these images, it seems pretty clear that God's desire is for us to be found at home with God. It's in the house of God where safety and hope and peace and embrace occurs when there's so much uncertainty, chaos, confusion, and dread outside the home. After three years of walking with the master, Jesus invites those disciples once more to be at home with him. In John 15, he said, I have made my home in you so you can make your home in me. Jesus says, abide in me. In other words, our home, the place we are most free to be, who we are, is Jesus. Certainly it's with Jesus, and for many, this being with Jesus is the closest some will ever be brave enough to step. But Jesus' love is inviting us to come and see and make our home in him. Now one asks a question that is very pointed. It's easy to read it as a churchy question and then to give a churchy answer. But to do so misses the real invitation. The, The question is, are you following Jesus? Man, it's a tough one, right? He says, more often we are more wanderers than followers. A wanderer isn't at home. A wanderer searches for that place where they can lay their head. A follower, at least Jesus' followers, have been invited to find the place where Jesus is and then make their home with him, to abide there with him, to abide there in him. 
Eugene Peterson's translation of Matthew 11, where Jesus invites the weary wanderer to follow, is particularly gripping for me in light of this uh, abiding and making my home in and with Jesus. Peterson translates Jesus' words this way. Are you tired? Worn out? Burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Unforced rhythms of grace. Wow. It seems that with all my distractions and noise and exhaustion, this kind of homecoming may be what I need more than anything else. In following Jesus, I tend to make a mess out of things rather quickly. It usually comes from making the home rather than being at home. It always comes because I've seen the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, and I stay back at a distance, wondering where Jesus is going to go next, rather than hear him say, come on and see where I am. I hope at some point we're going to have a moment when Jesus says to us, what do you want? And I hope that as we hear that question, we'll find the nerve to not worry about who's watching us or what we could be doing wrong, but we'll just find ourselves at home with him. It is, after all, what he's wanting for us, just to be with you and me. Next week, I'm going to continue reflecting on these invitations from the writings of Henry. If you're interested in reading a little of his works, check out henrynowen.org, which is a site dedicated to sharing the teachings and heart of this incredible author, writer, speaker, beloved child of God. My favorite of all of his writings continues to be The Return of the Prodigal Son, a story that we've heard so much, the beauty of the parable is often lost, but Nowen's reflections, they invite us to dive deep into the beauty of Jesus' story. Till we meet again, I truly hope you'll find a moment where we can be at home. I hope you'll hear the question of Jesus, what do you want? And I pray that you'll be brave enough to follow him and experience his unforced rhythms. I pray you'll abide and deepen And I pray you will know the love of Abba God, the grace of Jesus, and the breath of empowerment from Holy Spirit as we journey together in this life with grace and peace.